Welcome to the Waste of Web Space podcast, episode 64. Starring Jimbo and Fisher. And of course, yeah, it is episode 64, which is uh, a big number, as was the number before it. So shall we have our episode intro, Fisher? Go on, let's see what you've got, Jimbo. When everything's normal and everything's well Many years from now Will you still be listening in the queue for the bank Or in the bathtub while you're having a wash It's been a slog and we've done 63 So shall we keep recording more? Will you still listen? Will you still watch us? Now we're 64 so the title of our episode, Now We're 64. Um, and uh, we, we think we've still got people who are watching us anyway and I listening so. to us. Um, I, I suppose a slight thing with that song is that there's an implication that we're 64 years old, which is what the song's about. Purely, we are episode 64. Of course. So we haven't been going for 64 years. Uh, it feels like it sometimes. Um... It does, yeah. <laughs> so one episode might actually last 64 years. I think we've been knocking up towards an hour and a half recent episodes, haven't we? But um, in podcast terms, you, you're as old as your episode, aren't you? I suppose so. That's why we've kind of so, yeah. we've kind of gone with that one. And actually, that that kind of leads on to something I watched last night that I've uh, been waiting to watch for ages, and I decided to watch it last night yesterday, which is a film about. Um, yeah. Have you watched it so before? Hang on, you watched it yesterday. I, I watched it yesterday, <laughs> yeah. and the film was called Yesterday, and it's a film about. Um, Basically, a, a world where suddenly everybody forgets that the Beatles ever existed and, and, and they've kind of been erased from memory, but only a few people in the world can re- can remember them. So one person takes it upon themselves to rewrite the Beatles songs and claim them as his own. And it's a great yeah. film. It's a really good film if you've not watched it. What was the name of the central character? Was it Paul McCartney? <laughs> hey, hey, what about no, that? No, it, it, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. But there you go. <laughs> a, de- a delayed symbol for you there, for sure. Yes, thank you. Probably a bit like Ringo Starr's drumming. <laughs> and what about your? What have you been up to? What about your? Oh, um, okay, uh, not much really. Uh, nothing at all. To be fair, I've just been sat at home all, all weekend. Um, but the, the, the most significant event really is the fact it was my wife's birthday on Friday. So she's oh. uh, very nicely got some cake for me to eat in the podcast. So happy birthday, Vicky! Exactly. Well, happy birthday. We, we had a very, very enjoyable day uh, yeah. on Friday. Uh, we've even left the house and went for a walk in a out, outside in a fairly remote place. We made sure we stayed two meters away from everyone else around a local reservoir, which we felt was uh, felt was uh, um, yeah, adhering to social distancing guidelines, which is good. Uh, I'm not sure if you want to maybe have some that looks, have some cake as well. That looks really nice. That cake. Thank yep. you very much. Let's yep. Send it over. Yep, there we go. Okay. Okay. Oh. oh uh, right. Uh, yeah. It, it, it sometimes it happens in this space-time continuum that ends up uh, turning into a crunchy bar when it gets to your house, isn't it? But never mind. We try his best. I mean, there's, no, nice. there's, not, there's not really that much excuse, is it? You know, you only do live five minutes from my house. Oh, I mean, I know, I know we couldn't get up in the middle of the podcast and record it, yeah. but, you know, any cake actually, going? To, actually, to be fair, um, I think you can leave the house to deliver food to other people, so I could have actually brought some around for you, but never mind. Abs- Maybe next time. Absolutely no excuse. Get 
our drinks sorted then. Let's have our drinks. What have you got? Well, so uh, a bit of a story about mine then. This is, although actually it's not from, it's not going to result in, anyway, I'll tell you. So I got a, I, I started a new job this week at the university mm. where I work uh, in the, as a learning technologist. So I'm now a learning technologist officially, which is nice to have a job title that, that actually, um, I don't know, that, 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 that is kind of an, a known job title, I suppose. Do you know what a job a learning technologist does? Um, you have no idea, I'm have you? <laughs> uh, well, I, I would assume that you are presumably helping to design... I, I presume by technologist it means information technology as opposed to, you know, you're going to get out a, a wood lathe and, uh, and some chisels or anything like that. Exactly. So I think you're going to use computers and modern design stuff to try and assist in people's learning. I, I am, but exactly that. So from leaving my old job, um, I got some nice presents through the post. And one of them was a big box of craft ales and beers that I've never tried before. So that's going to keep us going on the podcast for a while. Unfortunately, you can't share any of it with me because... uh... Presume they're by us. What you mean is you. (laughs) Um, But what I've got this week then is not from that collection because I did have some stocked up. And this is Thornbridge. So we're going back quite local today, which is obviously uh, brewed not too far away at all. Is it it Derbyshire Thornbridge? Uh, It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Towards towards Bakewell, I think. Yeah, yeah. Thornbridge, yeah, quite quite well-known local brewery. I don't yeah, Bay- Bakewell. Thornbridge. Yeah, yeah, Bakewell. Uh, and it's Green Mountain. There we go. So Green yeah. Mountain, Hazy Vermont Session IPA. That's my beer for this week. What have you got, Fisher? Uh, I've got some Maltsmiths, um, which is very much uh, a can that I just found lying around in my garage. Um, Pilsner style. It says it, it looks like it's something Peter. It says on the on the tin. Um, it's clean, crisp, and citrusy. Which is all right. I mean, <laughs> can't complain with that. Uh, it's. I think it looks like it's distributed by Heineken. I think it's a German German beer. So um, it's made with a healthy respect for German brewing, um, which I suppose when it comes to things you want to respect in life, then German brewing obviously is one of them because <laughs> they make some good beers. Maybe not quite as popular as Belgian beer. So I think. I think in terms of German beers, is it designed a little bit differently to on the beers that are, are very very popular in certain regions? So there's certain regions where Krombacher might be popular or certain regions where, um, I think, is Veltins German? Uh, that might be popular or Fells or, or other, other German beers. You've got no idea, clearly. I've but, got no um, idea, and I was going to do a quiz the other day as well about um, about British lagers, popular British lagers, and where they're brewed, um, you know, particularly ones that are supposed to, supposedly uh, from other countries, and they're all, yeah. a lot of them are brewed actually in the UK. And actually, I found out the quiz was going to be pretty pointless because 80 to 90% of them are, are brewed in the UK, not actually imported anyway. Yeah. Are they, are they all brewed in Burton-on-Trent anyway? Or? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, uh, there was one of them that I was, I, I, was, I was drinking a bottle of Kingfisher the other day, which you normally have with a curry, don't you? And it's a, an authentic, authentic Indian lager, it's described as, with all the uh, sort of spicy um, sort of, um, you know, all the things that you kind of ha- you'd want in an Indian lager, brewed in Hartlepool. <laughs> well, there you go. Have you been to um, Hartlepool before? I've never been. Do you know? Do you know much about Hartlepool? Or I have been to Hartlepool before. Um, Angus the monkey was the yeah of the Hartlepool Football Club. Yeah, it was it was town mayor as well. I think at one point wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, for 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 strange they 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 call they get called the monkey hangers, don't they? In uh, Hartlepool or the football team uh, do. And that's why it's called Hangus the Monkey, because I think it's something about um, they hung a sailor who they didn't realise was a person, or that's the kind of mythical story behind it all anyway. Whether that's true or not, I'm not sure. That's the kind of urban myth, I suppose. 
thought it was something to do with someone who they suspected was a spy. Yeah. Who they hung, yeah. But yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not, not too sure of the details. But... Um, but have you poured? Your, I, I, I've just poured my beer, and it kind of went everywhere a little bit. But again, I think I'm, I made a reasonable fist I'm being mucky, so. drinking straight out of the can, no messing about. So there we go. All right, then. all right. I'll, I'll try my cake as well and see what that's like. Yeah, and I'll try my crunchy. So it's time for um, well, joke we should have done last episode, isn't it, Fisher? Hmm. I think I actually alluded to it. Um, which obviously we do. That's, that's nice. That cake, by the way. My wife made well, it. Oh, is it? Is um, it? Well, yeah. <laughs> the crunchy looks very nice. Yeah. Um. She didn't make that. But yeah. She ma- she made her own birthday cake. So well, well done to her. Um. And on the last episode, we were talking about gladiators, and obviously it transpired that uh, a lot of what gladiators was all about is um you know being a former former personal trainer, and now you uh, work owning a gym. Pretty much is is what all gladiators did do and now do do. Um. And I said that it would be hilarious to start the quiz if I got my whistle out and did an impression of John Anderson. I beg so your pardon? I think, uh, well, I think we're about <laughs> to do uh, your possession, your show-and-tell item. Is that okay? Yep. So I thought I would go, Jimbo, you'll go on my first whistle. Fisher, you'll go on my second whistle. So should we go? Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, okay. On. Okay, so... <laughs> I know, I'd have already lost, wouldn't I? The gladiators would have already caught me. But anyway, uh, so my show and tell... Well, well, they won't set off yet because I want to blow my whistle. True, true. So my show and tell item, Fisher, is this. And I don't know if you can tell what it is. Looks like a lock. It is a door lock or the inside of it, the, the mechanism that would go inside a door. Okay. Yeah, so more commonly known as a lock. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't always have to have a lock on it, does it? They can still have the, the sort of contraption that allows the in and out of the... You know what I mean? But anyway, well, you see, it you is see a lock. Just below, you see just below where your thumb is there. That is a lock. I know that. That's the lock. I yeah. get that. <laughs> okay. Let's just say, okay, it's a door lock then. Okay. Yeah. So, um, two re- possible reasons why I've got this for show and tell, okay, and what the story behind this is, okay? So, reason number one is that this morning I was reaching up onto a high shelf at my uh, property where I am residing, and uh, as I was trying to get something, I didn't see this was on the top shelf, and it um, fell quite high from the shelf and landed on my toe, uh, cutting it quite badly and uh, causing quite a lot of painful throbbing. Okay, so that's reason number one. You can quiz me on it later on. Number two is that this lock is actually a strange souvenir from a time my dad had a Halloween party. And my brother Jack um, was dressed as Darth Vader and he fell asleep on the toilet. So my dad had to break the door down in order to get him off the toilet because he was a bit worried about him and uh, he think he just passed out from having too much to drink. Um, and as you can see, um, this is why it doesn't look in very good condition and that's actually kind of hanging off. Okay, so that's the two okay. reasons. So I will uh, obviously ask my questions now and, uh, and begin my answer. So first and foremost, are you okay? Uh, yes, I'm fine. Okay, that's good. Um, what do you do when you cut your toe? I swore yep. quite loudly. Um, it was only me here, so that's fine. No children around. I uh, then realised that straight away it was already bleeding. Um, so I came back up the stairs to the kitchen to get some kitchen roll, and I sat with holding some kitchen roll to it until uh, the bleeding had stopped. Okay. And I, I considered, because of the pain, the throbbing pain afterwards was so painful, 
I thought it might be a good idea to follow the advice of former England international Darius Vassell and <laughs> go and get a power tool and screw uh, and, and drill into my... T- no, I'm only joking. Obviously, we covered that last week, didn't we, in the uh, freak football injuries section um, quiz that I did. We did. Um, so what were you wearing on your feet at that particular point in time? Uh, nothing, actually, because I'd not got changed. So I was, I was bare feet. I had clothes right. on. And I wasn't completely naked. I was uh, wearing kind of my pajama bottoms and uh, and my oh, top. Uh, to be clear, just making actual, sure. What, what, what were you wearing on your feet? Not, uh, <laughs> not, not anything else. I'm not too bothered about. I, I, I wasn't suspecting you were wearing a bulletproof vest. For getting wearing my nightie. I don't particularly walk around the house very often in bare feet. I would normally have either, as a bare minimum, flip-flops on or socks or slippers because I'm an old man. That is or... you, though, all round. I would, I would definitely have you down as a slippers man. I even wear my slippers when I go out and put the rubbish out to the bin and all, all that sort of stuff. To be fair, I, I don't... I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of being bare feet. I, 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 I like to have at least socks on. I, I don't like slippers, but I do like to have socks on in the house. I just don't like getting kind of fluff on my feet and stuff. But on this occasion, I just I just had bare feet. Okay, well, that's, yeah, that's, that, that's all right. So why why had you got that in the house anyway? Um, as I say, I don't I don't I for for reason number one. If you if you're asking me about reason number one, um, I I yeah, don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, on, on, assuming that number one is true, which it may or may not be. Yeah. This this lock is obviously in your house for no for what I can tell is no yep. particular reason. So for reason number one, I don't know what this is. It was just on the shelf when I was getting something else down. Well, you don't know what it is. It's a lock. We established no, that earlier. I didn't know it was there. Okay. Right. Yeah, I didn't know. I don't know where it's from. Uh, I didn't know it was there. Is it yours or is it? Was it in the in the property when you moved in, like that, um, like those porn DVDs a few years ago, and the, <laughs> um, and, and the voice recorder thing? In, in the property when I moved in. It was in the property when you moved in. Right. Okay. Um, and under the second scenario, you're saying that your brother Jack yep. uh, fell asleep on the lavatory. Mm-hmm. Um, was this was it a party? Did you say it was a Halloween party at my dad's house? A lot of my friends went, not you, obviously. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Um, <laughs> so I think he was away in Manchester. To be fair, I think it was during possibly. during the university um, years. I well, that make any sense because I think of the university at Manchester, but never mind. Um, I think that. I, I, oh, I know L- you L- quite, yeah, Leicester. Yeah, sorry, I get you now. Yeah, yeah. Y- you worked in Manchester. Yeah. Um, so I know you, you you quite like fancy dress, and we've established yeah. that. Were you at the fancy dress party? I was at the fancy dress party. What were you dressed as? I was dressed as the dictator from uh, w- w- Sasha Baron Cohen, oh. um, and we've we've mentioned in recent podcasts, haven't we? Uh, we have. Yes. So by dictator, do you mean that you're a very rudely shaped root vegetable? Is that what we're saying? <laughs> Um, I think that... What was Jack dressed as? Jack was dressed as Darth Vader. Right, okay. Um, so when he was sat on the toilet, did he kind of like have it all covered with the uh, with his skirt below him? I, I don't I don't recall um, trying to be in the in the area while my dad was kicking the door down as I, I didn't want to see my brother sat on the toilet, to be honest. Okay. Um, um, but, you know... So ha- my, for, fortunately, fortunately my, da- my dad did a great job, you know, of, of, of getting the... Because, you know, it was quite a scary time because we, we, we couldn't see Jack on the other side. My dad was quite worried. And obviously my dad's, uh, you know, probably in the time would have been in his late 40s. Um, so obviously quite a challenge to kick an old door down, um, but the force was with him. The force was strong, <laughs> so he got the door down to get our brother who was dressed as Darth Vader off the toilet. If it's could he not just? I, I, I don't obviously know the, the exact mechanism of this lock. Well, normally on a lock, there's normally something on the other side of it that you can twist to unlock it, just to make sure you don't get little kids trapped in the toilet on their own. Yeah, that's the thing. But, this lock was already not working, so this is. 
although this is a lock, this is also the, the latch of the door. So when you pull the handle down, yeah. the, the, it goes in and, and so on. The lock section of it wasn't working anyway. So there was a makeshift lock on the other side, which was more like a one of those like uh, slide... A, a latch, yeah. yeah a, a thing that you slide across. So you'd had effectively... What you had to do was break a lock that was already broken <laughs> and then also smash through the latch on the other side. Yes. What was the effect on the actual door itself? Oh, the door was the door was buggered. Yeah. Did he did he just end up like knocking down the entire wall in the house just to try and get in? No, he he managed to get in, but the door was 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 quite badly damaged. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I suppose yeah. I suppose my final question is, how come you've now got it? Because it it kind of I think it was a bit of a because all my friends were there. Uh, a lot of my friends were there, uh, apart from yourself, obviously. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> And it was, <laughs> and it was quite funny because it was one of those occasions where you know, bearing in mind my dad was dressed as uh, Harry Hill off a TV burp at the set of time, and my dad already loves, already looks like Harry Hill. Um, I just put a pair of glasses on exactly. and got some long sleeves on his. Yeah. Well, yeah, it came with a bold, a bold mask, <laughs> head mask thing. Obviously, he didn't have to wear that. Um, so I, I, w- I would sort of say that, to the best of my knowledge, Harry Hill is not a particularly well-known Halloween character. Well, you know, we, I, I just thought it'd, it'd look real good if my. So, so the the fact that all my friends were laughing because Harry Hill was kicking the door down to get Darth Vader off the toilet. Yeah. Uh, we we had a laugh about it afterwards, and, and uh, my 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 dad just said to me, "Do you want this as a souvenir?" As he does, he gives me a lot of stupid things because we were all laughing about it the day after. And I found this with my fancy dress stuff, so I actually found it with my other fancy dress items, um, including the uh, the dictator outfit that I've got. So that would yeah. have been why it was with all that. Okay, so I think it's time for a time yeah. for a decision, and I will go for that. Your dad broke the lock to get Jack out of the toilet. <laughs> so, uh, the second one. I don't, I don't know. Why I don't know. He's smiling. You just injured yourself this morning. Got your foot <laughs> open. The second one. Uh, there's, there's a bit of truth in it. In, in, the, the story itself did did actually happen, and uh, my dad did have to kick the door a door down to get my brother, who was dressed as uh, Darth Vader, off the toilet because uh, he it, it passed out. Uh, that's true. But this lot, this this div- this isn't from that. In fact, I don't know where this is from and whose it was originally. What door it's come off. But I was trying to get something down off a high shelf this morning, and this fell off. Uh, it struck me on the toe, and my my toe is really really hurting now still. Um, I think I might have really damaged my toenail because there was quite a lot of blood. Um, so yeah, that that happened this morning. So actually, my show and I, my show and tell item changed just as, as of this morning. Um, in fact, I, I was angry and I threw this back up onto the shelf right where I can't reach it. And then I thought, I actually want that now because I want that to be my show and tell item. So after this, I'll be throwing this back up, putting it in the bin, so I never have to see it again. There you go. So when you went to get it back out off the top shelf, yes. Did then fall off again and land on your <laughs> other foot? Or... I was I was very worried about that, but I I made sure that that was not going to happen. So no, I I sorted that out. Okay. Enjoy that. Uh, yeah, it was very good. I can't believe you were locked into the wrong answer again, there, Fisher. Hey. Thank you very much. So, uh, on to your little feature. What have you got for us? Uh, well, I'm putting together a quiz uh, for my work colleagues again. Just, oh, here we I go. Here we doing... go. Using the waste of WebSpace podcast as your guinea pig. Uh, no, not, not, not particularly. I, I might take a couple of questions that I'm using on today's and put it into the next thing. That's because I said I was doing the biscuits and chocolate. Yeah. How did that um, go down? Quiz. 
Well, it went down that well that they've asked me to do another one, so... Oh, right, okay. I, I was kind of thinking, so, put something that's really stupid, and, you know, I'll just, ah, yeah, well, someone else will do it, yeah, we'll not bother this again, but he said, oh, it's quite good, can you do another one? <laughs> so, so there we go. And I'm also doing a, um, doing a quiz next Friday night as well, uh, to which Steve and Karen, who are watching this podcast, they might end up on the quiz, so I've got to make sure I'm not using the same questions again. So I think I've got three quizzes to put together in the space of this week, but, yeah, that's... When you're just a, an expert quiz person like me, I'm sure you can. Uh, I'm sure you can do it fairly easily. So I've got the. Um, I've got some questions in particular because quizzes about food and or particularly about drink. The one I'm doing for work. Uh, I thought I would try and finish that quiz with questions about things that people have done whilst they're drunk. Okay. Does this does this involve getting stuck on a toilet dressed as Darth Vader? Uh, it does not. I thought my first question might be to actually give a bit of a shout out to the local pub, the commercial on Station yes, Road. Yes, definitely. You've been in. You've been in the commercial a few times. And met I him have. There. Oh yeah. Um, I just. I just wondered whether or not you could roughly guess at how many whiskies they sell. Uh, okay. Um, I know they. Ooh, it's gonna have. I know they have a lot of whiskey tasting nights as well, which I think mm-hmm. is probably even even more whiskies that they don't have in stock brought in by by somebody else. To be fair, yeah. so that's only adding to what they've already got. I'm gonna say, I, I wouldn't know what a large amount is and what a small selection is. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not particularly into my whiskers now. If I, if I said to you, if, if if you said to me you've got five whiskers in your cupboard, I'd be like, well, that's that's a, that's a large collection, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, but, but, but I don't think it fair, is. Yeah, I'm not a public house though. So yeah, well, okay. I, so I would say let's go in the region of. I reckon they've got 220. You're close. Um, they've got about 250, which I think is quite a quite a reasonable collection. I suspect there's probably not many pubs, mm. um, certainly in Yorkshire, that have got that amount of whiskey. So I thought it's quite a, quite worth a shout out. Can, is that, is that um, part of the question? Uh, no, I, oh. I, I, I just you, you know, always you know, do I used this to, to me. Often come on and often come on and plug various people. I thought I'd try and plug yeah, them yeah. a bit and, and well, do a bit for them. Can, can I also... just chip in with an idea as well for them? I don't know. You know, you might be able to yeah. pass this on. So I know another pub, um, New Barrack Tavern. Um, which is also yep. a very good pub uh, on Penniston Road in Hillsborough. It's also the pub of uh, a good friend of mine, Ozzy Owl. Ozzy the Owl. Ozzy Owl. Yeah. Not Ozzy the Owl, as often quoted wrong. Um, of uh, chef of 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 the football team Sheffield. Again, another commentator mistake that I know winds up Ozzy Owl. I'm not going to say that. It's a Sheffield Wednesday, of course. Um, so yeah, the New Barrack Tavern. What they were doing during the coronavirus uh, pandemic is they were offering their customers to sponsor a bar stool. And they could have oh, right. their name on a bar stool, um, the customer's name, and get a little certificate emailed through and stuff, saying that you'd sponsored that bar stool for a month. And it was just a kind of way to continue supporting the pub and, you know, to to get a shout out from your local pub and stuff. I, I, I thought that was quite nice. So whether there's something like that similar that the uh, commercial could do, I'd, I'd, I'd certainly, if it was an opportunity, I'd certainly like the waste of web, web space to sponsor a bar stool. Yeah, well. I think if you go in the commercial, anyone who's watching this who goes in the commercial will know that all the bar stools belong to one person in there <laughs> who's very keen to have their own bar stool. <laughs> bit, bit of an in-joke, sometimes like that sort of stuff. <laughs> in there. Um, also, they have actually got their own gin distillery currently um, sort of operating from the same premises. Um, and you know, um, and the, they're now distilling their own gin and vodka um, under the name of the Sheffield Distillery, oh, brewed okay. by the banks of the Blackburn Brook, um, which is not anywhere near as impressive as it sounds. Uh, but do you know how many gins they sell in the commercial, roughly? Oh, if they've got their own distillery, then. Um, well, I, th- I think they've only got about six different bottles of gin, but yeah, uh, in terms of their own gin. Okay. Should we say more than that, then? Let's go 320. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's just over 100. Oh, right, okay, fair enough. Which is still quite, quite yeah, a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think if you go to a specialist gin bar, I'd be impressed if um, the specialist gin bar would have more than 100 gins. So. 
Uh, it's quite a lot. Uh, hold on a minute. I've got. I've got. I, I want. I, I need an alert sound, but uh, I haven't got one available to me. I've got some news. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to start a rumor right here on the Waste of Web Space podcast. Okay. So yep. in my property, it's below an empty commercial property, and yep. I was entering my. Uh, this is Chapel. Good for good way of Chapel Town podcast. We need to shout out about Chapel Town things. I know we're going off track a bit here, <laughs> but uh, there was a couple. Uh, as I was entering my uh, my accommodation, looking through the windows of this commercial property, and they s- sort of stopped and asked me, "Oh, you know how long this has been empty for this commercial property below yours?" And I said, "Oh, it's quite some time now, at least since you know before September when I when I moved in and all that." And they uh, and and they said to me, and, and I said to me, "Oh, are you, are you interested in it?" And they went, "Yeah, yeah, we we want to open a new gin bar." Um, mm-hmm. And and they've been back a number of occasions to right. look at the property, and they were actually in the property yesterday, looking in more detail at it to consider opening it as a gin bar. So there might yeah. be, and the, the idea was that they, they think that obviously a lot of people are wanting to are ready, going to be ready to, and to go out after all of this, and to you know to get back in sort of pub life and socialising. So they, they they see it as a project to do over the course of the pan, the rest of the pandemic pandemic. Yeah. So of course, I mean. You, that's going to be great, isn't it? While you're working from home, yeah. uh, below you've got someone refitting a, uh, a shop below, and Look. then when it does all die down on Friday and Saturday nights, you can have a little bar just in the uh, in the room below you. Exactly. Great stuff. And I, I, you know, I said, look, I'm I'm happy with that, you know, because they even said, you know, well, we don't we don't want it to be too noisy or anything like that, which I'm sure they would say to the person who lives above it, <laughs> which yeah. you know I'm I'm not fussy anyway. But uh, I did say, look, you know, as long as you put a serving lift in, uh, one of those ser- service <laughs> lifts, I'm I'm completely fine with that. Um, yeah. You know, maybe some free drinks. Yes, yeah, so I sure will allow you to go downstairs on a Friday and Saturday night and have a few drinks in the bar just yeah. for the convenience of, of all that. So, well, that's hot off the press, then, isn't it? Mm-hmm. If you want your local news, you get yourself down to the Waste of Web Space podcast. Exactly. I mean, if, you, if you live somewhere else other than Chapel Town, then yeah, it's probably not, uh, not the most enthralling <laughs> part of the uh, bit of thing you've ever heard, but never mind. So, anyway, are we actually going to move on to yeah. the quiz that Sorry I've about planned that. And, uh, and have written? So, in particular, this is things that people have done uh, whilst they're drunk. Uh, which obviously has got nothing to do with the commercial uh, on Station Road, because I'm sure that uh, they are a very responsible... Well, I know for a fact they are very responsible publicans who make sure that people um, do not leave the premises whilst they're drunken. Um, you know, they make sure that if they can barely stand up, then they'll give them another one to make sure they properly fall over on the floor and they can stay there all night, <laughs> is, I think, the, the way they do stuff. So so there we go. So anyway, let's, let's move on to people who've had too much to drink and what they've done while they've had too much to drink. So why did American Tim Crawley's drinking hit the headlines in August last year? Is it? Having had one too many, he decided it would be a good idea to allow his pet tiger to go outside. The tiger ran off, leading to a 16-hour hunt for it, and was eventually shot by a tranquilizer dart. Or, having seen an injured bird fall out of the sky, he decided he needed to go to a local wildlife rehabilitation centre. It had too much to drink and couldn't drive, so he hailed an Uber to take the bird to the bird sanctuary. <laughs> so, so, is this person, is this person famous, or...? No, no, it's just, just a person. Okay. Um... So the, he had a pet tiger. I mean, is that is that allowed? I mean, I mean, America they uh, can I, get away with anything, I, can't they? I believe in America there are actually quite a lot of people who have pet. Well, not a lot of people, but there are a fair amount of people who have pet tigers. Hmm. Actually, uh, he died the other day, didn't he? Um, one of Siegfried and Roy. Not sure which one it was. No idea who they are. You've got no idea who they are Siegfried and Roy. Uh, they were two German musicians. Uh, musicians. Two German magicians who often did a lot of stage shows using wild tigers and stuff. Mm-hmm. In fact, they first worked together, apparently, on a cruise ship, and they got kicked off the cruise ship because they brought a live cheetah onto the, onto the <laughs> ship with them and used it as part of the magical act. So they got kicked off and said they couldn't work together and ended up um, doing these shows in Las Vegas. 
What do you mean kicked uh, off a cruise ship? Did they just sort of throw the cheetah and them two overboard, or did they wait till they port, you know, docked first? I'm sort of hoping they docked first and, <laughs> and asked them to leave. Cause I don't think either Secret Royal cheetahs are very good at swimming, sort of, you know, <laughs> a thousand miles. Um, so doing, doing a show in Las Vegas, and a few years ago, um, one of them got, whichever one it was who passed away, got mauled by a tiger in the middle of the actual act. I had to cancel the act, and that was that was that was it. I think that was pretty much the last time that they they performed together. Right. Okay. But yeah, well-known musicians, probably from sort of twenty, thirty years ago. I think I think I'm going to go with the tiger one on this case in, in on this occasion. Then I think I think they accidentally let their pet tiger free um, while they were drunk, and then yeah, there was a bit of a search for it. Uh, no, he didn't. He, he Ubered for a bird. Oh. Um. Apparently the first person, the first Uber driver kind of like turned up and he said, look, can you just take his bird to the bird sanctuary because he's not very well, this is where you need to go. And he apparently refused to do it. So another Uber driver came and did it instead. Well, I mean, that's a nice thing for him to do while drunk, if anything. Yeah. He, he could do a lot worse. Yes, very, very nice, very pleasant of him. Good on him. So what happened to a 38-year-old man from Marshfield, Wisconsin, when he went to the Quick Trip supermarket in October 2017? Is it that he got locked in a walk-in beer fridge for six hours and responded by drinking a load of beer? <laughs> or... He went in to buy a bottle of bourbon, but his credit cards were rejected. He responded by downing the entire bottle on the shop floor and then collapsed. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, if you get end up getting locked in a in a beer, a, a beer what? A beer fridge? Did you say? Or? Beer fridge. Yeah. You know, there's, and you're stuck in there, and it, it, I think it's perfectly acceptable to you know help yourself. You're, you're stuck in there. You're going to need to keep yourself hydrated. So you know, I, I think that's acceptable. The other one, maybe not so much. Um, we mentioned uh, Bourbon or Bourbon the other week, didn't we, in, in your sort of biscuit quiz that you did? Uh, yes, of course. The, the, the spell the spell, the spell the same. The same. Yeah. yeah. But pronounced completely different. Let's go with the first one that he was locked in a beer fridge. Uh, well done, you were correct. <laughs> okay, so uh, in 2000, August 2013, Chinese man Zhang Wu went on a heavy night drinking. What happened when he thought he entered his hotel room at the end of the night? Is it that he walked into a funeral parlour and slept in a coffin. He was found the next morning by the owner fast asleep in the front of the shop. Or, he accidentally walked into a storage container, slept in there. The container was then sealed and moved to a docks, ready to be shipped overseas. Right. <laughs> now, um, the first one could have ended very badly. Yeah. No, the well, wrong the second person. second one could have as well. Well, yeah, true. Um, could you... <laughs> Again, but both both could have happened, definitely. Uh, I'm going to go on this, t- this occasion, though. I think he, he did the second one, and I think he nearly ended up getting... You know, getting shipped somewhere. Yeah. Uh, well done. You are correct. <laughs> Apparently, he woke up in the shipping container, um, and obviously, no, no one could hear the noise he was making or anything like that. He then got put into the docks, um, and he was about to get sent to Los Angeles inside the shipping container uh, from China. But he managed to actually ring and ring his friends and contact them and say, "I think I'm in a shipping. I, I don't know where I am. I think I'm in a shipping container by the looks of it. I've been moved somewhere." Um, and I think they managed to roughly work out what site he'd been moved to or whereabouts he, whereabouts it was. But then all they knew was in a shipping container and they couldn't work out which one it was in because there's loads of them there. So it took a while to actually get him and, uh, and make sure he didn't get sent to Los Angeles. So there we go. Um, having been, A lot of these seem to happen in America as well, so I don't know if the people in the UK need to actually seriously beef up and increase on their drinking oh, yeah. and you know, properly, properly try and challenge some of, the, some of the people overseas in terms of stupid things you do when you're drunk. But having been caught in the act in a car park at a, of a Waffle House in Loganville, Georgia, in November 2013, Rachel Gossett attempted to get dressed in front of the police. What happened? Is it 
She tried to put on what she thought was a sandal, but she was that drunk that she's put a cheeseburger on her foot. <laughs> or, unsure of what belonged to who, she confidently put her bo- boyfriend's boxer shorts on her head, thinking it was a hat. <laughs> so putting a cheeseburger on your foot or putting your boyfriend's boxer shorts on your head as a hat. Yeah. So um, when you said you cut your foot, your toe this morning, had you really accidentally put a cheeseburger on there? You've got a bit of ketchup on your foot. That is is it, that what happened? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. That's it. Um, so was it a double cheeseburger? Any more details on that? Single? Uh, I, uh, it simply says cheeseburger on either the new story or the thing I've made up, so mm-hmm. I will simply leave it at cheeseburger. Yeah. Okay. Um, I suspect if it was American, it's probably a, probably a supersized one, you would have thought. Oh, yeah. Let's go... I, I want it to be the first one, but that does seem really bizarre. So let's go... It's, it's the second one, and she put a boyfriend's boxer shorts on her head. Nope. She put a cheeseburger on her foot, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so what did Danny... Oh, obviously, when it comes to every drinking, you can't talk about every drinking without mentioning the Irish. Um, so what did Danny Medley do while celebrating his 21st birthday in Dublin in 2016? Is it... Did he sing, he did he, did he sing a collection of all of his favourite songs all rolled into one? <laughs> Is that what he did? He, he, he didn't, unfortunately. He didn't, he didn't perform a medley. He didn't perform a medley. Danny, it could have been he, Danny's medley. He jumped jumped in the River Liffey and did, sort of, uh, did all four strokes going back and forth, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, so what did he do? Did he get his head stuck inside a novelty cardboard cut-out leprechaun? Um, so you know the things you get the yeah, bit twisted yeah. thread through, yeah, one of those. Or did he drink a flaming sambuca and in the process he set all his hair on fire? Now I know people who've made mistakes with uh, things like flaming sambucas. One of the first times... Yeah, drinking them in the first place. Yeah, one of the first times I ever went out, uh, a friend of mine had him. Uh, and it was one of the first times he would have gone out as well when we were very, very young, um, obviously 18 and above. But one of our first times going out uh, clubbing, I think we went to, to Barnsley because that was one of the, the sort of places you went in the early days. Yeah, oh, yeah. Get out to Barnsley, yeah. Uh, and it was yeah, a place called Heaven and Hell, which which there was two <laughs> rooms and it really did like, you know, heaven and it, yeah, anyway. Um, it, sh- it should have just been called Hell and Hell is what you're saying. Yeah, you're basically. Um, so... They, he, they, someone ordered him a flaming sambuca and he'd never seen one before and it was obviously on fire around the rim of the glass and he didn't know they had to blow out <laughs> the flames yeah. before having a drink. So yeah, he nearly, uh, nearly caused himself some uh, pretty bad burns, but no. Uh, so the flaming sambuca one to me could be definitely real. What, what was, the, what was, what was the, the reasoning behind it again? What happened with it? What was no, it, just, it was 21st birthday, so he was out drinking. Had a flaming sambuca and set all his hair on fire. Yeah, so I, it all off. I can definitely see that happening. And uh, being, and then the first one again was uh, he got his head stuck in a cardboard cutout leprechaun thing that you get at the seaside. The novelty you things. You see, they're meant to have people's heads in them, so you mm. know, at least faces in them. So getting them, get your head stuck. I think that would be something that the the makers or the people who provide those would would sort of consider. <laughs> Unless he got a particularly big head, maybe I don't know. So let's go with the second one. It was a flaming sambuca incident. No, nah, you're wrong. Oh. Video even went viral with his head stuck inside a um, inside <laughs> a leprechaun cardboard cutout thing. Um, and yeah, he seemingly couldn't get it out by the sounds of it. So in March 2015, police found a highly intoxicated 22-year-old man in a marina in Brittany, northern France. What was he doing? Is it he dug a hole using an oar, would have fallen in and was too drunk to get out? Or... He was given an inflatable rubber dinghy CPR as he thought it was a person who collapsed. <laughs> oh, I mean, the second one suggests that he'd had far more than alcohol um, in his system, <laughs> I think. 
Um, when it came to doing the breathalyzer test, he just kind of got the valve of the dinghy and just uh, untuck some air and took them straight into the breathalyzer, I think was probably the best way, yeah. Um, did, could you dig a hole that far that you can't get out? I suppose if you've, if you've been drinking as well, it's even harder to, to sort of move and to climb and things like that. So let's go with the first one, that he dug a hole so deep that uh, he couldn't get, he out, couldn't of get out of it. Nope, it was given CPR <laughs> to a dinghy. <laughs> As you, as you do, obviously. Um, was, was he was, was he making sure he was doing it to uh, staying alive by the BGS? Yeah. Or the popular one apparently for that is uh, I think staying alive not not um, recommended quite as much now. Oh, is it not? The very popular one. Very popular one is the Macarena. Ah, right. Okay. I think, I think if you're performing CPR, you might want to check this out. Obviously, I don't know I the lyrics one. to the Macarena though. Well, you know, you just you just got you just got to just got to try and pump it in in, in to the oh, beat, right. which I think is about 110 beats per minute. See, I I once got this terribly mixed up when it was suggested that you have to do it to um to sort you know to to um staying alive Stay by alive. the B- BGS. I accidentally got it completely mixed up, and I did it to killing me softly by the Fugees, <laughs> which uh, was not <laughs> ideal. But anyway, yeah, but it, it, it must be very difficult actually trying to do the pumping. Because obviously you try and pump the chest under the macarena. Yeah. You, you're meant to be pumping the chest, but also at the same time you want to go like that. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's not the easiest one to do, and and also it co- sort of stops, doesn't it? And goes, uh, yeah. So <laughs> I don't like. I, I'm not sure that's the best suggestion, but anyway. Yeah, picking the body up and moving it 90 degrees. To yeah. It, yeah, probably worth pointing out. This, this could be a good quiz. This could be a good quiz. I might do a quiz about songs that you could do CPR to according to the beats per minute. That'll be coming yeah. up in a future in a future episode. Yeah, so you are aware that I'm a fully trained first aider, so I probably know most of the answers. But yeah, but no, no, but just but you won't know every single song that's what beat per minute, and I could ask you uh, anyway. I'll yeah. work it out. Yeah, something to look forward to in the future. So, what did an intoxicated courtroom worker do in New York in 2012? That was only revealed in 2014, by the way. Um, is it? It was responsible for bringing defendants into the courtroom. Sensing he was drunk, a defendant asked to be uncuffed to go to the toilet. Defendant then handcuffed the courtroom assistant to a radiator and ran to freedom. <laughs> or, courtroom, the courtroom worker was actually the person responsible for taking notes in the court. He wrote on the court notes, I hate my job. <laughs> and he did this continuously in the court notes for one particular day. Because he was drunk? Because he was drunk, yeah. Oh. Uh, well, also probably also the fact he hated his job as well, but he was drunk, which led to him doing that. I think that if you got the sort of... I think if you got the... the uh, the ability to go into work and take yourself into work, you wouldn't sit there writing that. I don't think. I think you'd have been, tra- you know, busy trying to cover up the fact that you were drunk. But I think <laughs> the, the the first one could be a mistake that yeah, that somebody could have picked up on that this person's intoxicated. I'm gonna, I can, I can get around them on this occasion. So yeah, I'm gonna go with the first one. No, I'd be wrong again. <sighs> I think by sounds of it, it was a bit like, is it the film The Shining, where it's got someone saying, all work and no play makes Jack something or all right. something on the outside. So yeah, I think it was just continuous. He just kept writing, I hate my job on the court notes. I think it was about, by sounds of it, it was about 30 odd cases that he'd, that he'd gone through during the day. Right. And it, sort of, it was meant to be, meant to be no right. He just kept writing the same thing all the time. <laughs> um, so we yeah, are off to Sydney in Australia. And what did a drunk vegan called Cole Olsen, who sounds more like he should be Scandinavian, but he's, he's from Sydney, what did he do in a McDonald's in 2017? Did he demand 200 chicken nuggets? Did he try and put cheeseburgers on his feet? Yeah, and the other <laughs> said, you can't, you can't do that. You gotta, you, you've only got one cheeseburger. You've got to make sure you've got odd shoes on there. So you've got a cheeseburger <laughs> and a chicken burger. Make sure you get the same things, then you can put them on your feet. Um, 
So did he demand 200 chicken nuggets and did four laps of a drive-through honking his horn? It was un- they were unavailable, so he ordered 200 hash browns instead. Or did he order 16 vanilla milkshakes, which he then poured on the floor and did a tummy slide across a tile floor and careered into a wall? <laughs> uh, oh. I mean, the first one, I-, I understand his need for hash browns because McDonald's hash browns are something else. They really are really nice. They get them perfect. Oh, yeah. I do love a McDonald's yeah. hash brown. Whether you you know you 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 know you you just I, I don't know whether you'd get drunk and demand that many of them. I don't know. But anyway, uh, but, I but do... it was his second choice. Don't forget. Oh, yeah, true. Nuggets first up, and he was a vegan. Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. True. But he, 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 so he was a vegan, and he either ordered chicken nuggets or milkshake. So definitely, definitely one there that he's that he's ordered that he shouldn't be having. Hmm. Well, maybe he would he would have done the milkshake thing as a belly slide then to say down with milkshakes. I'm I'm not going to drink it, but I'm going to do a belly slide on them instead. Veganism and all that sort of thing. So was that the secret message behind Jurgen Klinsmann's goal celebration? Then, <laughs> Possibly. So let's go with a milkshake one. Uh, no, he, he demanded some chicken nuggets. Someone needs to do some sort of studies on me and how I can con- continuously guess half, more than half wrong all the time. Uh, well, to be fair, when I, when I tested this last night on, uh, on my wife, Vicky, she was in a very similar boat to you as well. Um, it, t- it took me a while to write the fake answer, so I wasn't, wasn't very impressed that I got decent ones, but never mind. So anyway, uh, got, only got two left. So US politician Brian Kolb was caught drink driving in January 2020. What had he done the week before? Had he written a news article urging people not to drink drive, claiming it was harmful for all persons concerned? Or had he given evidence in a court case where he swore under oath that he was a credible witness as he was teetotal and hadn't touched a drop of alcohol in the previous 15 years? Okay. Just remind me the first. You might have to remind me of both of those, to be honest. But just a bit more on the first one. Tell me about, about that again. So, um, he'd been caught drink driving, but what had he done a week before? Option one is that he had written a news article warning people of the dangers of drink driving. Um, and said it's, it's dangerous for all the people involved, for the driver, for the victims, for the passengers, yeah, yeah. And that sort of stuff. Or, secondly, he'd given evidence in a court case to say that, and, and to, to confirm that it was credible evidence, he said, I am a teetotaler, I do not drink. And that was in a separate case the week before? Did you say? Uh, yeah, so, 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 so completely separate, this is a drink driving thing. Yeah. He had previously, a week before in court, or may not have done, depending on whether I made this up, he, he, he said in a court case, I'm a credible witness, and he went on record to say that he didn't drink. Hmm. But obviously it transpires a week later that not only did he drink, but he also drank and drove as well. Yeah, I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna go with B. Okay, and of course, you'd be wrong. <laughs> he uh yeah, he got caught he caught drink driving having written an article the week before saying that you really shouldn't do it and it's dangerous, um, for obvious reasons to yeah, everyone concerned, be it the drivers, the passengers, people who have accidents with. So these ministers who, you know, write rules for everybody and, you know, and, and, and recommendations and stuff, they really <laughs> should follow follow their own advice, shouldn't they? I think they should. I think I think we might come on, come on to that <laughs> uh, in, in, in a few minutes probably when we get to the news section. But uh, I, I think he actually obviously held his hands up and said, where am I? What's my name? You're my best mate in the world. But then he said, I think, yeah, I think he resigned yeah. afterwards or well, I think he was kind of very much caught in the act and uh, couldn't could not resign for it or, or whatever. So um, I think he certainly admitted his responsibility. Um, so final question. How did Matthew Faulkner, a foreigner, embarrass himself in front of the police in October 2011? Was he asked to give a breathalyzer sample? So he took out his inhaler and tried to make the inhaler blow into the breathalyzer machine? Or was it whilst drunk in his car, he was asked to identify himself? Instead of handing over his driving license, he gave the police officer a taco. <laughs> 
Um, what country was this in? Does it say America? Obviously. <laughs> so did, fir- did you did you really need to ask? The, the, the first one. Did he he got out his inhaler? He, what he was asked by the police to pr- provide a breathalyzer sample. So yep. are you saying that he got out? He didn't he didn't understand. Obviously, whatever he was drunk or whatever, he, he didn't understand what he was being asked for and gave them a, his inhaler. Or you're uh, saying that he tried I, to, instead of using his own, he wanted to use his breath, his inhaler rather than his own breath. Yeah, so I think instead of getting a blast of, um, instead of breathing into the machine, which obviously would give a positive reading, you have the stupid idea that if you kind of put the inhaler down there and blast it on there, it would bring a bit of a jet of air in that might be fresh air that might be able to trick the machine into giving a, a reading where it was okay. So he gave himself a, a, a an inhaler? Or he, he, he sent it down the breathalyzer, the inhaler. No, he sent the inhaler thing down the breath. You know, you but they'd see, the they'd surely like see that. that though, wouldn't they? They'd see him doing that. Well, yeah, that's why there's been a news report about it. Okay. Uh... They didn't say, "Oh my god, I can't believe it! This man has tested positive for being a medicine." What are the chances? <laughs> Uh, and then, and, and then, we gave him a urine test and he just poured some orange juice straight in there. And we think he's 100% orange, this man. What's wrong with him? You know what? I'm going to go for it. And I, you know, I've, I've got a feeling I've guessed it's completely wrong, but I think he gave them a taco instead of his driving license. Yeah, he gave him a taco. Yay! Good way to finish. At least I've got one right at the end. Yeah. You're only as good as your last answer, Jimbo. Well done. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, that, that. That was good. I enjoyed that. Thank you very much. My colleagues will be looking forward to it on Friday, no doubt. Got an annoying cat problem? Fed up of yours? Keeps waking you in the middle of the night? Neighbours' cats getting on your nerves? Then give us a call, and we'll take those annoying cats and find them a new home with equally as annoying owners. And for those cats that are just unbearable, we'll... ...into an incinerator, disposing of their cat litter in an environmentally friendly way. We take anycat.com, excluding tigers, lions, meerkats, cat delay, and cat stevens. No, not even under the name Yusuf Islam. Okay, so on to the news then, and uh, we've got a few bits to talk about, haven't we, Fisher? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it's been a, a bit of a quiet... Well, it's, a lot of stuff's quite quiet at the moment anyway, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but fortunately, we had a bit of a story that uh, popped out yesterday. Well, it kind of surfaced on Friday night, I think, didn't it? Yeah. Um, it was yesterday, really, that uh, it seemed to seemed to take off a little bit. And it concerns government advisor Dominic Cummings. So, so just just a bit of background. Dominic Cummings is the advisor who, who's been already quite, quite heavily criticised, hasn't he, um, during the... Uh, well, mainly Boris Johnson's current reign as, as prime minister um but for being on on sort of panels that he or allegedly being on panels and and being in meetings that he shouldn't be in and, and various things like that as well maybe having a bit too much of a, a say so than he, he should necessarily have or whatever yeah i think there's you often find um particularly in more recent years that there have been people who you felt have been involved uh within the government who aren't elected, who are kind of advisors who are brought on board, people such as um, Alistair Campbell would be yep. a good example, probably during Tony Blair's time as, yep. as Prime Minister, his director of communications quite heavily involved. Um, I think at one point David Cameron used um, Andy Coulson, who used to be the editor of the News of the World. Um, and They're he was Described as spin doctors, basically, aren't they? Yeah, to some degree, which I think is sort of similar-ish to, to what Dominic Cummings is. And... He decided, I'm not sure if, do you want me to take a lead on this story Yeah, or you not? go for it. Oh, well, go on then. Um, 
it, it doesn't it doesn't take it takes quite a lot to kind of get me quite annoyed really uh so what he did was he went he, he was displaying so his wife was displaying symptoms of coronavirus and upon that moment of having symptoms of coronavirus the government guidance is clear that you should self-isolate in your home and not leave the home and the same for other people in your family uh, you are told by the government that you should ensure that you just do not leave the house. You get any food or medicines that you need delivered to you via the internet, or you speak to people, or you speak to friends, family, and ask them to deliver them to you. So he decided to drive 260 miles to Durham to stay near where his family was so that people, if needed, could look after his young child. Um, which, uh, don't get me wrong, it's, uh, a, a lot of people have come out and defended him, saying that he's only doing what any parent would like. He's only caring for his child and there's nothing wrong with that and you shouldn't criticise people for caring for the child. And quite quite right, you shouldn't criticise people for caring for the child. What you maybe should criticise them for is actually being part of government who pushes out these particular guidelines. There have been millions and millions of people in this country who've had to go without, who've not had a chance to see family, who've not had a chance to go to family's funerals, who've not had a chance to... There are young children probably who haven't even, who've been born who haven't even met their grandparents yet because they're not allowed to. And we have someone who's at the heart of number 10 Downing Street who is pushing out this message for the benefit of people in the country to stay healthy, to stop the, vi- uh, the pandemic virus from getting around. And he goes and directly ignores the clear guidance in place. And I find it absolutely, completely and utterly laughable that we've now got our health secretary saying that what he did was perfectly understandable. And tot- I think Matt Hancock's words were, it is exactly the right thing to do. What exactly the right thing to do is ignore the guidance that has been put in place by Public Health England. And we say the right thing. To, we've got the Attorney General who says that, I think her words were, that it was perfectly understandable. the right that you think, well, actually, there's a lockdown law in place saying that you shouldn't be leaving the home other than food shopping, going for 20 minutes exercise. And, and, and this is ignoring the fact he's actually got symptoms of coronavirus. You know, let's, we'll, we'll gloss over that purely for breaking the lockdown. There's clear guidance in terms of how you should and shouldn't be doing it. And she says, oh, it's, it's fine. It's understandable. I think you're the person who's in charge of enforcing law in the country. There's regular people, being, there's regular people being fined, isn't there? You know, regular people yeah. like you, me, and everybody else who are, who are you know, possibly not, you know, not again, not, not doing anything purposely to be a pain or to be anything like that, but they, they are being fined for doing similar things to what he's been doing, yet he's been defended for doing it, bearing in mind he was part of the government that has, that has written these guidelines. It's, it's just a complete and utter double standard. We've got government ministers who are tweeting about him saying that it's fine and what he's done is perfectly understandable. I'd, I'd suspect, to be fair, some of the government ministers probably don't want to have to tweet it, but they've been told that they have to. Yeah. Boris Johnson, as prime minister, hasn't tweeted anything at all, which very much kind of gives a, an indication of his kind of leadership that he will happily... When I do things, sort of, I, I captain my cricket team and I, I, there's certain areas where I take sort of leadership roles. I always think that you should never ask someone to do something that you weren't prepared to do yourself. And as leader, you should be stood there at front. You should be you know, directing and saying, this is what you should do. And people can follow behind me. Well, you, don't got... just, you don't just sit there at the end and just whip people into place. He's continuing with the absent prime minister um, sort of look that he's got going for himself, hasn't he? Because he's, he's been very absent, hasn't he, recently? And obviously people questioning where he is. But, but as well as that, the, the fact that the rules themselves are very, very confusing and very... Um, they, they yeah, don't. They but, don't make any sense. I mean, the, the one that I saw the other week was, or or, or, or in, in the middle of the week, was Matt Hancock answering questions on on some of these new guidelines and the fact that you can see your parents, but you've got to. And this is this is talking about parents where they are there in the same household as well. You can see them, um, keeping social distancing measures, but 
not together at the same time, yet you can see them, according to Matt Hancock, when he was asked this question, 10 minutes apart, which makes absolutely no sense, and it just confuses everybody. And then yet you've got... And then going back to Dominic Cummings, you've got peop- you've got someone like him just completely ignoring every bit of advice anyway that he's written. It's, it it yeah. is disgusting. It's There's a lot of people talking about breaking lockdown, but he had the symptoms of coronavirus, yeah. and so did his wife. And therefore, it was clear... You should self-isolate, and he dro- he drove 260 miles mm-hmm. to a certainly different. I mean, was it, is he trying to just go with this herd immunity thing and take it to a different part <laughs> of the country? I mean, it just is, and and but it's the response to it. Do uh, you, you know the former England cricketer Michael Vaughan? Yep. He well, I'll, I'll not say exactly what he said, but basically said why why don't you just admit that you messed up and apologise and kind of move on? And the amount of times that I, I kind of get a little bit fed up of re- picking up the newspaper and reading a story about a Premier League footballer who's been caught um, not obeying the lockdown. We've had Mason Mount from Chelsea. I think Declan Rice from West Ham was playing footy with him, so they're both kind of um, doing it. Uh, there's a number of Tottenham players, including Serge Aurier. Um, there's been... Kyle Walker. Of Kyle Walker, yes, quite notably. Uh, I think a few Arsenal players have been pictured out and about. And every time you get the football club saying something along the lines of uh, we have reminded him of, of his social responsibilities and he accepts that he has a position as a role model I mean it, to be fair to football he probably doesn't actually think this or care this and you get kind of a, a statement from him saying I really apologise to Jack Grealish I re- re- really do apologise for the way I behaved and I'll make sure that I'm a better person in the future and all this sort of stuff um, and don't get wrong those apologies are very very hollow where at least there is some kind of acknowledgement yeah. that they've done something wrong Whereas there's not, there's absolutely not a scrap of that, is there? From you know, and it's the second government advice, second government advises to ignore, to ignore um, the rules as well, isn't it? It's not the first one either. Um, it's not a government. Well, um, the previous person Ferguson. who was called Neil Ferguson. Yeah. Um, he, I don't think he's officially a government advisor. I think he's a he's a scientist mm. from Imperial College or UCL or something like that. And he'd been giving advice to the government. I don't think he was officially an appointed government advisor. Um, but he was certainly someone who they used to help implement the lockdown rules and that kind of the concept around that. And I think, to be fair, the, the severity of those things is slightly different and that the person who was clear in terms of this, what you should do for lockdown and particularly pushed implementing it and science behind that, quite rightly should resign. Yeah. But I don't think Dominic Cummins is quite in the same league from that point of view, but nonetheless... He knows what the rules are. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows what the rules are. And in particular, he's actually quite a high-profile person who is helping to push the government message out. And by the looks of it, he just doesn't give a toss about them. Exactly. And Boris Johnson doesn't seem to be doing anything at all to make him to, to hold him to account for it. We'll have to see. Which, what... which is what I find even worse. I think the, the pressure's growing, though, so we'll see what happens over the next few days. But uh, let's, you know, let's hope that people don't forget. And, 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 and next time there becomes an opportunity to vote for something people really think about you know and remember next time that it was clear it was very clear that there are obviously more important things than brexit and next time (laughs) when people go to vote they'll remember the way that their government responded to certain things and acted during certain things yeah don't get me wrong they've 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 obviously done certain things to try and help people and so on but they've also done a lot of things and um portrayed themselves quite badly in many cases as well and I won't forget, uh, you know, and I'm and I'm hoping a lot of other people won't either. So. Well, you can't you can't have one. Well, you can't stand there and push and tell people to do certain things and then not do it yourself. Yeah. You can't. You just can't. You just have no credibility 
it's just so embarrassing, really, to sort of see see that happen. And and there are people rushing out and they're sort of defending him. You can't. You, I, I do almost feel a little bit sorry for some of the people who get pushed out to do some of this stuff. I mean, yesterday at the um, daily press briefing, they sent Grant Chap's transport secretary out, and all he talked about was kind of like getting a new road to run from on the A66 or whatever it was, or that kind of thing. You think, well, it's got nothing to do with coronavirus. You're trying to avoid and, <laughs> and push a story away. So it's, it's the general refusal to actually acknowledge that anything yeah. wrong has happened and the double standards and hypocritical nature of it mm-hmm. is what I find really quite quite bad and quite disgraceful. So, shall we move on? Uh, and let's... No, I want to carry on talking about it, actually. <laughs> I really find this appalling as in a terrible way. Sorry. Shall we talk about something a bit lighter? Yeah, go on. Sex dolls. They're pretty light. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think well allegedly. Nowadays, Nowadays, you can get really decent ones. I think they're quite well made and quite sturdy, apparently. Yeah. Uh, so South Korea, um, a few, we mentioned this last week, didn't we? A few um, sort of, when, when sort of sports have started to return, they've started to put things like yeah. cardboard cutouts and, and things, and, and, and they, they, you know, they've used inflatable fans and stuff like that. But South Korea just decided that they'd use inflatable sex dolls at their games. Was it at fo- football matches as well? Football match, yeah. I think it might be an FC Seoul, actually. Um which sounds more like a uh, kind of oh yeah, some some kind of um, pub entertainment act on a Friday night, yeah. obviously. Uh, so let me let me have a, let me have a double check as to exactly which team it was because I didn't really read the story that uh, that closely. To be fair, I mean the story <laughs> the story might have been inflated slightly, obviously. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, uh, it, it it might have been taken uh, taken out of context. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, it was it was FC Seoul. Yeah, they apologize. They apologized. Yeah, someone managed to apologize. Yeah. Uh, after they accidentally use sex dolls rather than normal mannequins, uh, but by the by the looks of it, though, I mean they look like they were looked like they were dressed, yeah, in sort of normal clothes. I think they just sort of said they got in touch with a, a local shop who said, "Any chance we could have some mannequins?" He um, said, "Yeah, just use these; they're fine." Well, they've uh, dressed and, them, and they're not. They don't look too, you know, they don't look too, you know, too rude or anything or too X-rated. Then I think it's probably it has probably been blown out of proportion, <laughs> blown out of proportion. Yeah. And it's probably just a lot of uh, hot air, isn't it, Fisher? Hey. So, yeah. But to be fair, they're wearing football shirts, which is probably not kind of your typical thing that a sex doll would no would wear. I would have thought. I mean, depends what you're into, obviously. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Maybe maybe Kyle Walker, instead of spending his money on what he spent it on, could just get a couple of those in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he said he spent like two and a half grand uh, on, on, on his night of entertainment. So, yeah, get a couple of those in. They probably cost. Were the sex dolls uh, socially distancing? Because you've got to remember that, you know, they might. These sex dolls might, you know, might be, you know, they might not be just used for this purpose. They might be used again <laughs> later on. So they should have been. I hope they were taking precautions. It is recommended after after you've used one, you should always use an alcohol wipe to fully sanitise afterwards. <laughs> is the general recommended advice for these kind of things. It does actually looking at the pictures. It does look like the seat are two meters apart as well. So oh, it's that's got good. one of them. Then it's got two empty chairs. Then yeah. another one. Then two empty chairs. Then another one. Yeah. And there's a few rows back between them as well. Yeah. Um, it, <laughs> so I've just read, read one of the comments and it says, just look at their breasts. They were four times bigger than those of the normal mannequins. <laughs> it was so obvious they were sex dolls. <laughs> um, so it's slightly discriminatory to uh, people who've just generally got big breasts, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, and what if the mannequins in general have just got smaller breasts than normal? Yeah. So, M- might see a rising mannequins going for surgery. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that, that was a story that, uh, that entertained us somewhat. Uh, what, what else has it been, Jimbo? I mean, something. I, I mean, arguably, there's a slight link here, but like, there's a nurse in Russia, wasn't there, who um, 
decided to wear a bikini underneath her PPE, not realizing how see-through the PPE would be. So, which, you know, for, for some patients, that might have been a very nice sight um, uh, to see a nurse walking around in a bikini with her PPE over the top of it. Yeah, I'll say it might be... Um, yeah, I suppose, I suppose the sort of slightly interesting thing is... Um, Depends what ward she was working on. Imagine if she was on the heart attack ward. <laughs> people with coronary illnesses all of a sudden kind of got to see a, a young lady with a, sort of some very flimsy PPE and a bikini underneath it. What about if she was working on the um, sort of, you know, sort of problems ward where people, you know, erectile dysfunction ward or something, and then it's like, <laughs> sorted, we're so, we're, we're, this is, it's a miracle, we're, we're sorted. <laughs> Fine. Or if that's it's something they're not trying, maybe they ought to try that. Get yourself down to South Korea for some uh, some <laughs> additional assistance, yeah. So yeah, uh, all uh, all a bit of an interesting one there. So I'm trying to find the uh, trying to find our our notes document, Jimba. Um, but the next thing is the uh, scientists, uh, and this may be something that maybe our scientific advisors, with some of the advice, you know, the stuff I mentioned about seeing your parents um, separately, but you can see them ten minutes apart. Bearing in mind what what difference is that going to make at all, if anything? Because if you've got one of you's got. Mind- Coronavirus. Yeah, very mind your parents live together. Yeah. So kind of, yeah. Um, but scientists went cuckoo apparently from laughing gas from laughing gas at penguin poo. So some scientists have been working and researching on penguin poo and also other things like bat poo and stuff like that, and the, its effect on the environment and greenhouse gases and stuff like that. And apparently, uh, because they've been working with this penguin poo so long, the gas in it has has kind of sent them a little bit loopy um, when working with it too much. Which, which might explain, you know, if our scientists were working on that sort of stuff as well before, before yeah. then sort of tackling the coronavirus, maybe this is why some of the guidelines have been so wildly so unclear. unclear. Yeah, possibly. Uh, so that was just a little thing I noticed. Uh, but yeah, so what do you do about that if penguin poo is causing sort of greenhouse gases? I suppose, are, are, they, are, they, are penguins endangered? I mean, obviously, you wouldn't want to see any sort of mass termination of penguins, would you? Was it actually penguin poo, or was it small bits of penguin biscuit? Yeah, it could have been, I suppose. Have been left on the yeah. floor next to it. And just lots of terrible jokes, just destroying well, the atmosphere. <laughs> and useless Slowly facts. ground down their mental health. Yeah, yeah, possibly. That might be it. It's understandable. And then just a final little thing on this. This is a nice little story I thought I'd finish with here. Uh, there's a, a, you know, as everybody is at the minute, having to do a lot more online shopping than we would have once used to. In fact, most people are doing online shopping now, whether that, you know, you can't just go out and look for a gift for someone anymore, can you? You kind of have to look for everything online. And uh, somebody ordered a personalised wine glass for their uh, either wife or girlfriend. And when it, you know, when you have to personalise a gift, you've got to write in the notes section, haven't they? But I think he, yep. he wrote into the notes section, you know, the bit that you need to, where you put your personalization. He wrote some delivery instructions on there instead, accidentally. So when the uh, when his wife or, or partner um, actually got, and I'm trying to load up the uh, the news story here, but when, when they actually got the glass, the wine glass, it had the delivery instructions engraved onto the wine glass instead. Um, and it actually said, uh, can we have it delivered before Monday if possible, as that is her 30th. Nice one. <laughs> On the side of the wine glass. Um, but obviously his wife or, or partner's taken it really well because uh, the, the, it's a nice sort of souvenir now and a, and a funny sort of reminder of, of the online order gone wrong. But have you ever done anything like that with when you tried to get anything personalised before? I've personalised things, but I've always, I've always got it right. Full enough, I've always paid attention. So, yeah. what, what did the message say in it again? Sorry, did it say that please make sure you get it for a certain date? Yeah. So not only is he 
not only is he making himself look a bit stupid, he's also telling that he's telling his wife that he's very unorganised. Yeah. And he's sort of getting that as a bit of a last-minute rush. Exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh. Um, I know before uh, somebody was uh, ordering some uh, a, a stamp, you know. So when you make cards or when you make All right, yeah. when you make cards and you want to personalise them at the end to say this was handmade by someone, yeah. I know someone who ordered one of those and and they'd, they'd spelt they'd spelt it wrong and they, and it came back saying hammed hammed Ham- made rather than handmade. Mm-hmm. So that was a bit of a disappointment for them. But yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of uh, personalised gift mistakes and maybe again that could form the basis of a future quiz. Yeah, maybe getting tattoos with spelling mistakes or um, incorrect names. wasn't Wasn't there a quiz question we did uh, a few years ago, an end of year quiz, where it got someone who had the had their son's name incorrectly tattooed on their arm? So they changed their son's name by default. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. I'll, uh, if you if you play the mute, if you play the uh, next single, jump on and see if you can find the question <laughs> from from a while ago. Sponsor the Waste of Web Space podcast today and see your business boom 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 boom. We have a guaranteed listenership of at least five thousand. Sorry, just five. Jimbo, Fisher, Fisher's wife, Fisher's cat, and sometimes Fisher's dad. Especially since retiring from working for Schweppes. He's got a lot more time on his hands now. For a very low price per episode, we can give you absolutely nothing in return. Yes, nothing. But we will look favourably on your products and services. We have a range of advertising packages available to suit every business need and budget. From sticking your poster in our own toilet, right up to occasionally mentioning your services in our podcast. Or for the platinum package, we'll make you an absolutely banging advert just like this one. Get in touch today. Or tomorrow, or the day after that, or whenever, really. Denver and Fisher, Radio Web Space Podcast. Mind you. Okay, so I thought I'd do a really, really quick feature because I don't want us to go too long today. Uh, we've already had an hour and ten minutes of us. So uh, what I thought I'd do, though, is I, 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 this this was one of those weeks where I kept trying to start a quiz and it weren't quite working. So I've got some that uh, I'm going to go back to the drawing board with. But then what I thought I'd do is a quiz about slang um, because it's something that occasionally crops up. And I keep thinking, all the things that we say in the podcast that maybe our listeners don't understand because we've got listeners from all over the world and all over the UK and even in even the UK we have all, all of our different sort of slang and words that we use in different regions haven't we so sometimes yeah. they might hear us refer or say something that, that that doesn't make much sense so I thought we'd do something about slang on the podcast now one word for example that doesn't feature in our quiz is Mardi um, and that's something that's a bit of a Sheffield term isn't it and a Yorkshire sort of term um, but actually the Arctic Monkeys probably popularised that a few years ago so that more than just the sort of region of Sheffield and the, and the sort of South Yorkshire or Yorkshire area understands that now yeah I, mean, I, I think it's a brilliant idea for a quiz i, th- I think it's uh, a really all right idea <laughs> well it's all okay, it's about trying to support jump. others yeah go go yeah no i was just going to jump in and just say that um swedish mother johanna sandstrom hit the headlines in 2018 because she got a tattoo of her son's name on her arm the tattooist put the name kelvin when her son was called kevin the result was that she legally changed his name to kelvin <laughs> so that's uh, that's what we that, that, that's a question that we asked uh, on the end of year quiz a couple of years ago. That's really funny. Um, so on to our slang then. So uh, here we go. Got ten questions for you. It won't take very long. We'll just whiz through them really quick. So number one, in Liverpool they use the word minte to describe what? Minte to describe what? A. Someone with lots of money. Or B. An unpleasant smell. Uh, is it uh, a character from EastEnders who owns a garage? <laughs> and just, it, it was on the I'm a Get Me Out of Here last year, was he? he? All right, okay. I think he was really, really lazy and just basically spent the entire day just 
laying around sleeping in bed. Well, you're on holiday, why not? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think from what a few people say when their alarm is like, they get me out of here, they, they often come off and say, there's not really that much to do. Um, <laughs> I think when Adam Deck said to him, why did you actually come on the program in the first place? He said, oh, I just got quite a big bill from the tax man that needs to buy, so I'll <laughs> try and get some money. Honest. Um, well, yeah, nothing wrong with that. So, minty, yeah, it could obviously be either something that smells nice, as in mint, mm-hmm. smells fresh, or some someone that's got a lot of money, i.e. is minted. Yeah. I did say, so, un- I did say unpleasant smell for B. Unpleasant smell? Yes. Right. Because you'd expect it to be a nice smell, but well, depends whether you like mint or not, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I think I think it could be an unpleasant smell. Congratulations, yeah. So, I think, you know, the phrase, they are minted, gets used quite a lot in maybe around different parts of the country, doesn't it? And that kind of means that they are well off, doesn't it, in money-wise. But no, in Liverpool, if you say, uh, use the word minty, it describes an unpleasant smell, apparently. It's quite a new young slang word, possibly. So, two, in Manchester, you might know this one, Fisher, from your time working there. A pranic is slang for what? Do you want multiple choice? A what, a pranic? A pranic. So, uh, multiple choice would be uh, much, as, much, uh, much assistance in all honesty. I mean, I've got to <laughs> get, it, get it right. A, an idiot, or B, an old car? Um, well, I've never been called a pranic, which means that it could well be, <laughs> could well obviously be, um, could well mean that it's an old car, clearly. Uh, <laughs> I've, yeah, I've genuinely never heard that uh, that phrase. So I think, why, and I, I can't think of anything it particularly links into it. It doesn't sound like anything else. So I can't think of any other phrases that would come off from there. Um, I think that I think it must be an idiot. Think so? Yeah. Well done. Two out of two. Next then, in Cardiff, a rig is slang for a a face or b knee. A rig. So it's in oil rig. Yeah, R I G. Right. Um. Oh, I, none of, none of them particularly give any indication. I've never. If you rig something up, you prepare something. But then that doesn't particularly either link into either faces or or knees. Um, I don't know. What do you think it is? <laughs> um, I face or knee. I think it might be a knee. Yep, face. So yeah, you'd you'd say oh you've got something on your rig or whatever. I think I believe oh, that's how it no. works. I'm not exactly sure exactly how it's used, but there you go. So that one was in Cardiff. Next we're going to Birmingham. So in Birmingham, if you were to describe a friend as being pagan. You'd be saying a they're a terrible friend or b they are one of your best friends. Pagan. So is that as in the um, you know the druids and uh, the, some worshippers and all that sort of stuff? Pagans. Is that, is that sort of similar similar mm. kind of spelling? Um, I, I bet I'll get a message from Steve about this. Sometimes. <laughs> this is a podcast. He's from Birmingham. Um, he'll probably he'll probably say actually no, it's people from the Black Country that say that as opposed to people from Birmingham. Yeah, people, yeah. People from West Bromwich, not uh, not not Birmingham. They're nowhere near. Um, I think. So what, what are the options again? Sorry, it's someone uh, who's... It's either a terrible friend or the one of your best friends. Friend. Yeah. And Amazing. again, like you know, although you know, there might be people in in Birmingham who've never heard of these sayings either. But um, yeah. in some cases, it might be young slang that's coming through. So the slang in, in Sheffield that you know that kids are using that that I've never heard before or, or yeah. whatever. So you know. Yolo, Jimbo. Yolo. <laughs> like, I think that's what some youngsters say. Probably don't say it anymore. Um, <laughs> I think. I think if you didn't understand that, you'd be a serious melt, wouldn't you? But <laughs> I think it's—I think it's a terrible friend, a pagan. Well done. Number five. This is a bit of a maths one for you, then, Fisher. If you added a pony, which is obviously Cockney, to a f- a flim, which is Belfast, how much money would you have? 
And All I'll right. give you, if you can get it within, say, £10, I'll give you the right answer. Yeah. I mean, I, I, had, I had a similar question not too long ago on, a, on another quiz that I was doing because that's all I do nowadays, just do quizzes. Um, <laughs> and obviously, the only fools and horses out my theme tune put a pony in my pocket. Um, so, and now a pony, it's not, it's not twenty, which I think is a score, uh, and it's not, it's not ten, which I think is just a tenner, isn't it? Um, Fiver is a skydiver. Pony, is pony fifty or is it twenty-five? Might be twenty-five, and a flim. Never heard of, never heard of that. It's a Belfast uh, saying. A phlegm. A phlegm. How much for a phlegm? Phlegm. Yeah. Um, oh, I think I'll have it. I'm going to say 45 quid. I think it's 25 and 20. So, with that one, not close enough. So, you're right with a pony being worth 20. Um, I said 25. Uh, tw- sorry, 25, sorry. Uh, a, oh, okay. a phlegm, and I just have to correct myself here because I had to check this as well. A flim is actually worth five pounds, so it would be oh, okay. uh, £30 um, would have been yeah. the correct answer. So you weren't 100 miles off, but yeah, not quite right. If you asked for a snout in Edinburgh, what would you be given? A, a broken nose, or B, a cigarette? C, a snotty trout. Um, <laughs> no, uh, sorry, sorry, a cigarette or a, or what was the other one? Sorry. Uh, a broken nose or a cigarette? broken nose. Well, snout, obviously... Your nose is sometimes referred to as a mm-hmm. as a snout, isn't it? And obviously cigarettes. Well, I think that's more snuff, isn't it? I think I would say for tobacco and all that sort of stuff. But I think I'll, I'll say cigarette. Well done. <laughs> so number seven, uh, we're going to the northwest now. If someone said to you, uh, "Gancani in new uh, in that kind of area," uh, what they be say, what would they be saying to you? A, do you want to be do you want to be or B, be careful, Gancani. And so, so whereabouts do you say? Northwest. The northwest area. It doesn't say whether it's Newcastle, Sunderland, or Gateshead, or Middlesbrough, yeah. or whatever. Which is, is more commonly known as the northeast. Northeast. Sorry. Sorry about that. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. That was my yeah, fault. No, yeah. Northwest is kind of like yeah, Cumbria yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah, Manchester, yeah. Liverpool, and yeah. Um, so gang, gang, canny. Just got uh, me. Just got me. Me sort of east and west mixed up anyway. So you know. Yeah. I've been listening to a lot of Kanye East recently, so I've just got a bit confused. That's all. Um. Oh, well, I think we had the jokes, didn't we, a couple of the, on the podcast last year, didn't we, when we got the beast, beast from the east, yeah. the beast from the east, and then obviously we had the, the pest from the west, <laughs> you know, the pest from the west, and then we just we were quite pleased that the, that the coldness wasn't coming in from the front, really. <laughs> um, so, options again, sorry, with the... So, yeah, Gankane is, do you want a beer or be careful? Yeah. So, canny either means careful or beer, as in canny. Uh, I've heard people, Scottish people, say, "I can't do that." I mean, I can't do something. But I think, I think, be careful. Be careful. Well done. So number eight uh, in Northern Ireland, if someone said that we girls are melter, they'd be saying that girl gets on my nerves or that girl is lovely. So that we girls are melter. <laughs> is, that, is that what they're saying? That's it. Yeah. Um, I think. Oh, Melt, melt. Generally, I think nowadays in the UK, so if you call someone melt, that means it's quite negative. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's quite negative connotation. That means one's a bit stupid, a bit silly. Um, I've even heard people refer to the, as as a as a cheese and ham melt, <laughs> which just doesn't really make much sense. And that's um, what you quite like, don't you? A cheese and ham melt as well, and that's what you always get when we're doing our podcast planning in the pub in the old days when we could meet up and have yeah have some food. Yeah, it was all right. It's a Queen's Ad. Um, nice, nice, nice toasted sandwich there. Hey, remember that we used to go in. I used to. 
you used to order. Uh, I, I used to order the same thing every time. Then for drinks, we'd have sort of two medium yeah. Pepsi Maxes. And they'd one say, with a slice of lemon in, they'd, say, one with ice. they'd say to you, where, "Where are you sitting?" We're saying we're going to we're sitting over there together, quite yeah. closely together, not two meters apart. Next next yeah. to somebody else who sat quite close to us as well. Yeah. Just so say you two together and say yeah, but not in that way. Um, <laughs> just do a podcast together. It's fine. Uh, so this so that so the, the phrase was that we got that we girls a melt. Yeah, a melter. So, Melter. So, what were the what were the options again? Sorry, that, she's uh, that girl gets on my nerves, or that girl is lovely. Lovely or my nerves. I think it. I think it's going to be lovely. I think it's going to be quite a positive phrase. She's going to say she's lovely. Oh. So no, it's the other one. It's uh, that girl gets on my nerves. So you would have been right going with the more negative one there. Uh, nine then in the Midlands. What is a Bob? I, I think I'm going to say it right. What is a Bob Owler? A Bob Owler. I don't know if it's Bob Owler or Bob Owler. Um, but anyway, A, a coat, or B, a moth? Bob Owler or a Bob Owler. Um, quite an unfortunate, um, unfortunate name, isn't it? I mean, a Bob Owler, that's someone who comes into, uh, who plays cricket, who's not batting, isn't it? Who's <laughs> tricking the ball down. Um, <laughs> cow, a quick cow? Type of hat, surely. Um, I was going to say, could be, go on. Yeah, I, don't, I think it could be, a hat, could be a cow. You think a coat? Yeah. Okay. It's a moth. So if you're in the middle, you've got to assume that, you know, if you sat there uh, watching telly and, or, you know, and, and then suddenly a moth flies, you're like, oh, Bobola, Bobola. I don't know if that, I don't know if that actually happens or not. So We might have a lot of people getting in touch saying, no, you're wrong. Or we might not have anyone getting in touch at all, which is quite often the case. But anyway, yeah. um, even if we are wrong. So the last one then. In Scotland, if you were to describe someone as a crabbit, you'd be describing them as being A, old, or B, bad-tempered. Crabbit. So not like a crap rabbit. Um... <laughs> Uh, old or bad tempered, which to be fair, normally the two go hand in hand, <laughs> don't they? So, um, oh, sounds a bit like someone's crabby, um, which generally means they're a bit, yeah, a bit sort of tetchy, a bit sort of a bit irritable. Um, but I think it's probably more likely going to be that it's just a, a way to describe someone who's old, crabby. So I'm going to go for old. No, you would have been right if you went with your first idea that uh, that the sort of crabbiness of being a bit tetchy and all that kind of thing. Yeah, it's uh, bad-tempered. So there you go. I just thought I'd do something that kind of uh, went around the UK a little bit and looked at slang and dialect and stuff. You know, and if there's anything that we've ever said that you don't quite understand, because we probably do say things without really realising, then, uh, yeah, please do get in touch and, and quiz us on it. We'd like to know. Uh, but I hope you enjoyed that, Fisher. Yeah, very good. Thank you, Jimbo. So that's all we've got time for. Thank you very much for listening to us. Of course, you can get in touch with us as you always do. We, do, we like to do shout outs. We did some in the couple in the uh, previous episode, and I think we did one today as well, did we? I think we did. We, 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 we occasionally do the odd shout out. So if you'd like yeah. one, please do get in touch. As wasteofwebspace.co.uk, uh, our Twitter account, our Facebook account, and now our Instagram account as well. I may even put on a picture of my injured toe on our Instagram mm. account later on, um, although I'm not keen on sharing. I, I'm not, you know, nobody really likes a feet, do they? So um, whether uh, I choose so to share mine or not, I might have to put a filter on my foot. <laughs> to make my get foot. looking a bit nicer. Yeah, try and make my foot look a bit nicer. Um, but yeah, it was quite painful. It's uh, hurting now anyway, so... I can't believe I've gone through the entire episode and I'm wearing a T-shirt with my own face on it. You've made no reference to it whatsoever. <laughs> Any reasons for that? 
Ah, I'll put it on. I thought, I thought it might, it might, given how, how quiet a week it's been, I thought it might, it might spark a bit of conversation, but uh, but never mind. I think we've still gone for about an hour and 20 minutes, an hour and a half, haven't we? I think something yeah, like that. Yeah, we're approaching an, an hour and a, just over tw- an hour and 25 minutes. So, yeah. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, we'll be back again next week. Yep, see you next week. Thank you very much. Bye bye.